Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tip. Start. The, uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha! The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right. Welcome back to another episode of uh, The Podcast, The Home Episodes. As always, I'll be your host. They call me uh, Ted Smith. Uh, the Ted Smith. That's why there's the in front of it. Uh, up in the left-hand corner where he likes to marinate. Guess my name is Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? <laughs> Back to basics, baby. Just kicking the tires and lighting the fires. Pumped for 2021. Really happy 2020 is over. Pumped that Trump presidency is done. Ready to rock. All right, down there, getting the, getting the studio all set up, getting all the water. I got flat water tonight, boys. My soda water's not cold yet. Ooh. Matt, Connor, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Dude, nothing makes me feel like more of a fiend than when I drink room temperature soda water. Because I like bubbles that much, and don't just get like cold regular water, like a normal person. <laughs> There's sometimes like in the morning, like I'll first wake up, and it's like just drink a regular water, man. You don't need bubbles at friggin' eight in the morning. Calm down, you maniac. Yeah, I know the game. God, this is gonna make me look like a real psychopath, but I actually prefer them. Just like not, I prefer them room temperature. Soda waters? I don't, I don't refrigerate my soda waters. Yeah, with, I'm a room with temp guy. bubbles. Wow. With bubbles, man. I keep mine in the cupboard. Uh, my girlfriend keeps hers in the refrigerator. Wow. There's a lot of people that only drink water at room temperature. I'm a room temp guy. Like, I'll, I'll have some ice occasionally. It doesn't freak me out. But I mean, you know, when it's my choice, room temp guy. We're out there. We are many. <laughs> right. So I'm not an ice guy, but I like cold drinks. But I always like, whether it's a beer or soda water, I almost always have a can of something. So, like, I just don't keep ice. But then, like, you know, like, Joe's a huge ice guy. My mom's a giant ice person. There's somebody else I know that's, like, a psycho about ice. And, like, people are very specific. Oh, Miles is a big ice guy, too. And, like, people are very specific about the ice they like, this and that. I'm like, ah, I don't care. Dude, apparently, I don't know if you've heard this, but, you know, a lot of people, the the ice a lot of people are obsessed with? Taco time. Taco time ice. Yeah. Right. And there's like a machine that makes that ice specifically. Mm -hmm. And people are people are real excited about it. Yeah, seriously. I didn't realize that was like uh, such a big deal. Ted, uh, down here in in Austin, there's something you would love. If you go into the gas station, they just have a big trough that's filled with uh, mostly water and then a little bit of ice. And you can just grab uh, 22 like cans out of there. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it's honestly right up your alley. And it's all like just, yeah, giant cans of like, you know, cheap beer. <laughs> Dude, when I was a bartender at this uh, at this bar in College Park, like when you first start bartending, right, you get like the daytime shift, which mm-hmm. this bar from, I forget what time we opened, like the liquor store part opened at 10. I think the bar opened at 11, but you barely get a soul in there. But then we had happy hour from four to six, right? So around three thirty, people start showing up. But I would do the same thing. Like uh, twenty-two ounce bottles of Bud and Bud Light were always the special. So we had one trough. We would just fill up and put all those bottles in there. Somebody orders one, just boom, here you go. Dude, I love that. <laughs> Which, like, I was doing that job when I was nineteen. Now that I'm older, I look at that and I go, "Man, that's a smart play." 
Number one, cost effective. Number two is you go in there for happy hour and have two 22 ounce beers. You can look your wife in the face and be like, I had two beers, came home. It's like, right, <laughs> but <laughs> it's two, Ted. It was two bottle caps, two beers. <laughs> and then the other trick I like too is like, you know, people might get shots or whatever, but after you work for a while, like this was not a college bar except a couple nights a week, but it's the same crowd every, every happy hour. Right. So you, you start learning who's good tippers and this and that. So, you know, you might give them a free beer here or there or a free shot. So then that was the other trick is some of the older dudes, if they knew you were hooking them up, they wouldn't like tip you ridiculous on their tab. They would just crumple up like a 10 and just throw it into your ice chest where all the beers were. So it was like <laughs> off camera and you just like went by and snagged it. It's <laughs> going fishing. Right. <laughs> Either that or it was like a wedding party and you were the bride and you just did like a lap around the bar when you were done and people would just palm you something. <laughs> <laughs> to get it past the cameras? Dude, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, mean, that's what I love, man. Those little like, yeah, the, within humanity, like those those kind of subtle social contracts. Like, yeah, we both see that this system's ridiculous. Like, you know, come on. I don't know. I like that that like yeah, off label shit exists. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, oh, no worries. I mean, now granted, this was the year two thousand, two thousand one, so I'm sure technology's gotten much better, but yeah, we had a whole system, especially on like if you got like a Thursday or Friday night, man. <laughs> I guess we'll tell some stories, but there was a whole <laughs> section, right? So, like, you got, uh, there was this, God, what was it? Was it, I thought it was Grey Goose. I know that's a vodka, but there was, like, this specific IPA. And, again, nobody's drinking IPAs back in the day. But there was this group of dudes that would come in. They were a little bit older. I mean, Christ, they were probably, like, 45 or 50. And they would all put a 20 on the bar, and they would just stack up. And then they would get, like, pictures of this specific beer. And they might mix in a shot here or there. But basically, they knew there was enough in there to cover their tab and for a tip. So sometimes, depending on who you were working the shift with, you would just keep changing the 20s for like four or fives or whatever. Like they would never check how much they had paid for the beer. And like it, the camera saw you making change. <laughs> Dad, don't worry. I, I don't know much, but I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations on your tax returns are well past. You're good. <laughs> yeah and the guy that owned the bar doesn't even own it anymore <laughs> but you know that's what i always tell people they're like i mean nowadays i think bars like just plug it into their system like you're allowed to give out this many drinks in a night yeah bar inventory is a nightmare i mean that's an issue all bartenders i feel like deal with <laughs> right. well i mean that was part of the thing too was like they used to pay you like a like the minimum wage you got for being a bartender was nothing. So all your money was made off tips. Yep. Yeah, made a scheme yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Dude, yeah, valet was similar. I know what you're talking about. We uh we had a so the place I worked was a big turnaround circle in this um marina complex situation, and there was a fire lane that happened to be right in front of both restaurants. Obviously, when people have cool cars, they want to leave it in front of the restaurant you know, either so they can exit quickly or so they can show off there's girls there, whatever. And we definitely left a, a few Ferraris in the fire lane. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I'm not a huge sports car guy, but if you have a Ferrari, like you want people to know you have a Ferrari. 
Oh yeah. Dude, Ted, real quick. I got to tell you the best, the best tip I ever got at that shop, this guy. Okay. So usually you'd get, you know, like, I don't know, five to 20 bucks, whatever, but it's a really nice place. And, uh, there was a hotel attached. It's one of the only five-star hotels in Washington. Uh, so pretty wealthy and they would do these weddings out back. This guy pulls up. I'll never forget it. It's just two of us working, pulls up white hot in a six series BMW slams on the brakes in front of the restaurant, throws it in park, gets out. He looks me dead in the eyes and goes, leave it with 200 to 100 crisp, $100 bills in his hand. Just goes, leave it. And I just took the money. Didn't say anything. And he runs into a wedding that he was late for. And as God is my witness, we valeted around that car for five hours till he left. <laughs> like it was in the spot that you pull up to, to get out of your car. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. I was, uh, I was once with a, uh, a, we'll just say a former pro athlete and like money talks. Yeah. It's like, it was like a former pro athlete. We're in Bellevue. Same deal. Right. Like I'm like, dude, you can't park here. And he's like, I come here all the time. I know all the valet guys and just like rips off a hundred. Like dude pulls up. Hey, Mr. Whoever. He palms him with the hundred. And I mean, this was years ago. I mean, weed wasn't even legal. And I remember we were just sitting there roasting a bowl. Like, is this cool? And he's like, they don't mind. And then like, we went to like two bars. <laughs> we came back and they're just like, good to see you, man. And he's like, all right, see you guys later. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's the thing, man. I feel like you always see these news stories where you're like, it's always professional athletes. And you're like, how did they think that was okay? But it's a million little versions of that story that led up to them, like just being in Vegas, like, you know, growing weed or like having a bunch of like strippers and whatever. Like, it's always like, you know, you got to think about all the little, like people, like just letting them go that led up to that crazy scenario that we see in the news. Yeah. And I mean, even like on a smaller version, right? Like when I lived in Belltown, we all know damn well, like I hung out in Buckley's all the time. And I, you know, I'm a pretty decent tipper. But I remember one day there was a Seahawks game on at 10. And then there was a uh, Sounders playoff game that afternoon. Oh, Jesus. So I talked to my friends and they were like, we don't really do reservations for tables, but like everybody should leave by like 1230 for the, oh no, maybe either way. They knew people would be leaving. So maybe the Seahawks game was in the afternoon as well. So we're sitting there and you know how like they have that big like uh, center kind of thing. When you first walk in, like the bars on one side, there's a bunch of tables on this side. Yeah. Kind of a divider yeah. situation. Yeah. So me and a couple of buddies, we got there early because we like to drink beers. So we're waiting. And then this tape, this, this other two tables, it says reserved for Ted at like 1245 or whatever. So these guys are already getting up and leaving, but they've had a few pints or a few, few beers. And they're just like, who hey, the fuck is Ted? Who hey, the fuck is this guy, right? But it goes on for like, and they're not like pissed. They're just like, fuck Ted. Like we're leaving, but you know, why does he think he's so fancy? And you know me, I just finally lean over and I go, I'm Ted. And they're like, oh, shit. oh, well, whatever, man. <laughs> like, we're going anyhow. And I was just like, and by the way, you're at my fucking table. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love that, man. I love that. <laughs> oh, man. That's like, seriously, like, in that story, you're Mr. Big. You know, yeah. like, just the, the iconic, like, untouchable gangster dude. Like, oh, man, Mr. Big. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'll get to re-listen to that when I have to go edit it. <laughs> or even like, Kyle, well, are we not swearing now? Are we not? Is no, that no. I was just saying. 
I always listen back to the parts where we swear immediately after we record. And like, that's going to be a lot of fun to listen back to. Yeah. I mean, back in the day when we first started going to Sounders matches, we'd always go to, uh, Oh, what is it? Now it's a lodge. But remember that corner next to King street bar and oven. What did that used to be? Tiki. Oh Bob. man. Good question, dude. Yes. Oh, that yeah. place was legit. So we would always get Tiki's. that corner. We would get there early and started getting that corner booth. And then like we made friends with some of the waitresses and some of the bar that blonde waitress who worked there. You know who I'm talking about? Very hot. Oh, yeah. So we just started, they just started putting reserve for Ted Smith on this booth. And I mean, I, I mean, from 09 to probably 13 or whatever, when it closed, I mean, we were in there and I mean, that booth did not, it was big, but we would have people just crunched in there. <laughs> dude that place was fun man good lively spot yeah the only weird thing is teeny or uh tiggy bobs was like you know i think like a younger crowd in the evenings i'm not sure i was ever in there after 8 p.m unless there was a late sounders game yeah i hear i mean you never know what kind of mix you're gonna get down near the stadiums because sometimes it's sports fans sometimes it's like you know motocross is in town or something it's kind of I've, and then like Ted, when we went to that country concert situation, I feel like it's just like, you know, it's the, the flavor of the week. Like whoever's there for their event. Yeah. I got to go to another, another Kenny Chesney concert. Yeah. That was, that was insane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So what I text you guys earlier about today, basically here's the deal, right? Tom Brady's in another Super Bowl. Uh, LeBron James is still dominating basketball. So I feel like now sports talk is just obsessed with these goat conversations, which for the record, I never heard that term until LL Cool J made an album literally called goat. And I was like, LL Cool J is a genius, the greatest of all time. And like, I, I just want your opinion. Sometimes I feel like the goat conversation is just kind of ruining sports. Like they're different eras and this and that, like, like Conor McGregor for a while, people like he's the goat. And then he got knocked the f out on Saturday night. Matthias, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, like on a psychological level, I can understand it. Uh, I think people just kind of want to be a part of something historic like that, and it's fun to witness. And then you know they just start rambling and get excited. But as a sports fan, yeah, I'm definitely over the conversations in general. It's like shut up and watch these guys as they're you know at the top of their game, creating these masterpieces of the game, and just like enjoy the beauty of that. You know, like I didn't get to watch Bill Russell. You know, I barely I watched. I I didn't get to watch Jordan come up through the league, right? But I remember LeBron coming out of high school. So it's very cool to see LeBron's career arc unfold during my lifetime. But does that make him the GOAT? I don't f***ing know. I wasn't there in the 60s or any time. You know what I mean? It's just just a little ridiculous to me. But I understand why people go that way. Yeah. I, I would say it's also a little it's, – it's just gotten over the top. They use it for everything. I, to be in – I'll just say this to even be in the conversation, in my opinion, you need to be a one word brand and household name, tiger, Ali, Tyson, Jordan. Jordan. You guys know who I'm talking about when I say those Kobe. single names, Kobe, Shaq, you know what I mean? Yeah, like LeBron. boom. Yep. Yeah. LeBron. Exactly. So, you know, 
sport. I, I have an issue with sports pundits in general. I think it's kind of, you know, they beat everything into the ground, but the goat thing, Ted, I'm with you. I, I, it's, it's not for me. What, what do you have to say? Yeah. I feel like now. And like, I like, I like listening to sports guys. Right. So I get it. Like that's their job. I would remind people when you listen to any massive sports person, just remember, like they don't believe everything they're saying. It's just their job to fire people up. I guess the point I have, the issue I have with the goat conversation is like, like people, you know, or like people in a bar get real fired up and it's like, yeah, I'm not saying like any other person was trash, but like, I like Jordan as a player. I like Kobe as a player. I like LeBron. Like, like, it's just a tough conversation. Yeah. And people get so invested. It's like their identity is somehow Gretzky. Gretzky, Exactly. Good call. How about Gretzky? One picture sitting right here. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like you can have a girlfriend, but there's still other girls you might be actual friends with. You can like both of them. I mean, you're only probably going to love one, hopefully, but you can like two. You can like more than one. So I guess sometimes with the goat thing, it's like you need to pick an athlete and you stick with it. <laughs> yeah, and also you know some of the challenges lost to antiquity. I mean, I think people more heavily favor whoever is current. The person I would put forward for that is like uh, Nurmagomedov, you know, in UFC. Um, like Khabib is he's really good, but you know, five years ago everyone was saying John Jones was just untouchable. He hadn't lost. You know, he's a superhuman and all this stuff. And so it's just like you know, I think people go with what is. There's, there's a recency bias that something that happened recent makes them better. And I will say sports are getting better over time, but I think you need to look at it in its time. Like a, a good example, in my opinion, would be, um, God, now, of course, I'm blanking on his name. Andy Warhol, you know, like, right. or um, like, yeah, Andy Warhol. I mean, he made mass produced art, but at the time, no one had done that. And it was a commentary on how the U.S. was mass producing goods. And so that's what was cool. It was kind of a two layer thing. Now, obviously in Photoshop, anybody could make that Marilyn Monroe picture. A 13 year old can make that in 30 seconds, but that wasn't what it was about. You know, he was the first one to do it. Jackson Pollock is another good example. That's just all those, um, you know, like sort of drippings uh, smattered on a canvas. Like other people can physically do that, but they didn't. He came up with it. So you got to view it in its era because now a 13 year old can make that painting, but you know, that's, that's not that important. And so same with, you know, Bill Walton or whoever you want to talk about in the days of old Ali, right? Like he was pushing the race barrier. He was pushing, you know, um, the anti-war stuff. Um, he was very controversial, but also incredibly well-spoken, you know, and especially for a black dude at that time in, in terms of major media appearances, like there wasn't a lot of black dudes on TV. So, you know, like it's, a, it's a multivariate conversation. Yeah, and I guess I'm just picking on the goat stuff because I feel like I still have a ton of, like, you know, like my buddy Alex. Like, like we were going back and forth a couple weeks ago about, like, is Bobby Wagner the best linebacker of his generation, right? Now, that's taken into account, like, uh, what's his name? Luke Kinkley or? Kinkley, yeah. Yeah, that was down in, like, Carolina. But, like, we're discussing it. But we weren't like, the greatest linebacker of all time is Bobby. Like, that's the only answer. Right. The well, and having a discussion, especially generational, like amongst friends, is just very different. Like, than yeah, the people that I don't know, the sports people on TV just yelling about it is 
I don't know. When I was working at the gym, they would always be on mute. And so you couldn't hear what they were saying, but you just see these guys getting so worked up about some made up argument. And it's like, show me the highlights. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, and it's the same way with music, right? Like, I feel like sometimes people sit around with music and like, look, I fight it every day. Like, you got to still listen to new music and check it out. But it's very easy to get stuck in a decade and just be like, this was the best. Yeah, it's not like the old stuff. And Ted, for the record, you know, I'm a Boz guy. Oh, greatest linebacker of all time. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. I wasn't sure if you could get that. That's like, people, Seattle people love the Boz. <laughs> not as much as people from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I just saw that earlier today. I was like, man, is the goat conversation kind of ruining that stuff? And then I don't know. I just started thinking about it. I was like, dude, you could do you can like a bunch of athletes. You can like, you can like, I mean, hell, I remember being a being a kid, like, you know, I grew up a Washington football fan. So the one team you hated was the Dallas Cowboys. But like, I always liked Emmett Smith. He was pretty easy to like. And like, even though he played on the team you hate it, like you still respect him. I mean, look, I'm a Seahawks fan. I would give my right arm to get uh, what's the tight end down in San Francisco. Oh God. Yeah. George right? Kittle, George Kittle. Right. Like I just want to watch that guy play football. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's... It... Go back. Oh, uh, well, I was just thinking about like as a Lakers fan that grew up during the Kobe era, when LeBron came in, all these Kobe versus LeBron debates started popping up. And I never really was like, don't make me pick. Like, obviously, I've seen Kobe grow up. I remember his rookie year, you know, like that's and that was my team. And it, it's just interesting that back in the day, a lot of Lakers fans would talk a lot of smack about LeBron. And now he's in the purple and gold. Um, but just because people wanted to argue about whether Kobe or LeBron was great and p- these Lakers fans come back. I mean, I just, LeBron's doing his thing in Cleveland. It looks pretty rad. Like he's pretty awesome. And yeah. So now he's on their team. Well, yeah, dude, I remember like, uh, there was a story about, um, uh, the first time Kobe went up against Michael, uh, or against Jordan, whatever. And, uh, Jordan drove baseline, put in an easy bucket. And he turned to Kobe and he was like, it's a lot faster in person, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, damn, dude. But Ted, as far as your loving teams thing, man, I feel like that was one of the biggest unlocks of my late 20s is, uh, you know, I think as men get older, they get more jaded and they're like, oh, like F that, uh, F that thing. Like uh, those things are like whatever, like they're trying too hard, et cetera, et cetera. It's easy to get bitter, but the unlock is like, you can love as many things as you want. You know what I mean? Like that's when I started loving the Cougs because I always liked UW. And then it was like, wait, I didn't go to UW. Like I can like both teams. Like Coug fans are fun as hell too. Or like, you know, just the the number of things you can love. Like I love the wind on my face. I love the sun. I love the beach. I love the mountains. Like you can love as much stuff as you want. And yeah, what's cool is like just allowing yourself to be a fan of stuff. Matt's actually really good at that. I feel like just being like, yep, unapologetically, I'm into this. Like I love spaghetti, man. And it's more fun when people are into stuff. Yeah, and right. I mean, whether it's sports or music or whatever, like I can like two genres. I don't have to just stick to one. I love boobs. <laughs> I love ass. <laughs> right. I, mean, I thought just it was choosing fun. every girl I've met has both. 
Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll take a quick little break right here, and then uh, we'll be back, and we're going to troll each other. All right, and we're back. So you don't have a story to back this up, but what would you say, like, what is the line on messing with your friends, and I mean specifically kind of trolling them? Matt? The line. Okay. Um, I would say uh, physical – well, mm, I mean, like, tangible lines would be – physical and financial well-being being jeopardized at the cost of your shenanigans. But I do think there is a more uh, less tangible kind of uh, intent line of like where somebody starts being more mean and not like funny. And there's definitely a lot of crossover and it can be one of those things where like, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder sort of deal. But, um, you know, I think you can kind of trust your judgment on when someone's, you know, yeah, just gone into like straight up being an asshole and it's not funny anymore. Um, But certainly like on paper, if somebody's getting hurt or losing a bunch of money because of it, that's fucked up, man. Yeah, I would say as long as it's coming from a place of love and the person's not getting humiliated, you know, it's done in a sort of good good humor and the person gets a laugh out of it, um, then you're cool. But if it gets to the point where it's not making them laugh, like, you know, then <coughs> definitely over the line. <clears throat> All right. So you, we've talked about the Polynesian sauce story, right? Mm, I you vaguely know? remember. Yeah, we've talked about it, but I don't remember it. Right, so we're in Jacksonville for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Florida, Georgia. Great time at the tailgate. It's getting, you know, not too late, but it's like 8 p.m. Your boy Ted's been at it all day. So we're drinking it like a Friday's by the hotel. I see a Chick-fil-A. There's no Chick-fil-A's in Washington State yet. So drunk me's like, I'm going to get the Chick-fil-A. Get back to the room, house the Chick-fil-A. Next morning I wake up, there's Polynesian sauce all over my bed. I mean, it's in the blankets. It's on my body. I mean, it is covered. So that morning, and I can't figure it out. That morning we go to breakfast and I'm feeling like just a, just a piece of crap. And I'm like, man, like, I know I drank a lot, but that's not like me. It looks like I was just throwing sauce in the bed and this and that. So everybody's kind of laughing, letting me wallow in the self-pity. And then like two days later, I get an email and I'm asleep on my bed and my buddies. <laughs> opened up all the sauces and just laid them on my body so that as I turned through the bed, it would get all over me. Right. So to me, that's like, that's a pretty good troll job. Right. Yeah. Like they let me think about it for two days. It's like, very what funny. The-? Right. I'm at breakfast just being like, what did I do? <laughs> right? So that's an example. And then the newest one I got was uh, you guys have met my buddy, Rob, right? Yep. Yeah. So Rob currently lives in London. So he was like, first of all, he was like, I'm sending you two birthday gifts. First one shows up. It's a boxing shirt for uh, Irish Mickey Ward. You're a boxing fan. You'll know his name, this and that. We used to, we used, we were big fans of his. So I was like, what, you know, like only Rob would know to get me that. And he's like, wait for your next gift. Something to keep you warm during the winter. So the other day I get home from work and I'm like, 
Oh, man. What did he send me? And he sent me a damn Tottenham scarf. Oh, <laughs> I'm an Arsenal fan. Tottenham is like our number one enemy. So I go, are you just trolling me now? And he's like, yeah, glad you got it. So that's where I came up with the question. Is I was like, he took the time to buy it, ship it across the Atlantic just to get a joke out of it. I was like, all right. So that's where I was like, what is the line on like messing with your buddies? Because to me, those were both like well played. If anything, it probably cost them money. When, Dude, yeah. Okay. One time I had, when I first started dating Tyler, um, she had met. Look at this garbage. Oh, what are you going to do with ugly. it? I, I feel dirty just having it in my house. Right. I mean, do you donate it or does it go straight to a dumpster? Oh, no, I'll probably give it to Keith. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's nice of you. <laughs> I mean, Ron went through all that trouble. You might as well just like. Then <laughs> um, like, that's a thing where it's like, yeah, your friend's showing that he's thinking about you and he cares. Right? Like, yeah. yeah so back to, you know, Kava saying like, maybe, you know, knowing that it's coming from a place of love and just like having some fun. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's good. That's definitely good natured. That Polynesian sauce one is like, that's, that's a perfect, that's a perfect right on the side of the line. Like, yeah, no one's getting hurt. That's not causing any big issues, but damn, that is clever and hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh. Will's, Will's good about that stuff. I mean, the first one of the first trips we went on was to Baton Rouge, but we stayed, we were in new Orleans for a day and we're just kind of looking. We had never been to bourbon streets, the middle of the day. It smells like piss. But as we walked to this like restaurant, everybody told us to go to like a diner. Everybody's like, you're going to love this place. But we kind of noticed that like, like every dude we see is like half dressed. Right. And it's like out having fun. Like we walked by a bar. I'll never forget. There was a dude and like just, booty shorts and combat boots on the bar. <clears throat> so we figure out during the day that it's a decadence festival, which is like their big uh, gay fest that they have on Bourbon street. So same thing back in the, you know, I never even saw Will leave the group, but when we get home, like two days later, every this before cell phones were super awesome. Everybody has emails like, thanks for signing up to decadence and this and that. <laughs> like at some point, he snuck off, found somebody like at one of the bars with a clipboard, and was like, "Yeah, let me let me give you the emails and sign up everybody in my group." <laughs> nice, that's solid. That's funny. Oh man! Uh, All right, Cobb, you want to read some emails, and then we'll uh, get another break in. Yep. Just keep in mind, boys. I cannot see you while I read these. Um, right. Uh. This, I can't tell if that is a spam email. Um, okay. Um, greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. This is a very curious email, boys. The name is Orpheus, but it's a picture of a beautiful woman. Uh, Orpheus is a woman. Is Orpheus a real person? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's been emailing us or at least the men's room for a while. Oh, nice. All right. Well, cool. What's up, Orpheus? Uh, I'm a relatively new listener. Started listening during winter break, but due to my job as a delivery driver, I've gone through all the home episodes and I'm somewhere in the 270s now. 
listening to you all trash talk how bad 2019 was and how 2020 was going to be your year is funny, but also slightly painful. <laughs> God, I bet. Uh, God. Uh, damn it. Uh, also funny, but in a painful way, was hearing Cobb talk about how COVID was just going to be a mild flu and no big deal. Yep, that's true. Anyway, two podcasts ago, the Cobb topic was about positive things you noticed about humanity due to the pandemic. This is uh, more local humanity, but working down in Pike Place Market, shout out to Poroshki Poroshki, at the start of the pandemic, uh, we had a lot of locals coming through who said they never come to the market, but came down to support the businesses that were still open. We also had a lot of first-timer locals who said uh, they never came in because the line was too long. So if nothing else, the city of Seattle banding together to keep small businesses afloat was something positive, and through all of 2020, we stayed open because of it. Shameless plug, feel free to skip, uh, but you shouldn't. Uh, yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, sorry for being long-winded. That's just the way I am. Orpheus. Nice. Yeah. Proshi Proshi is great, man. So good. And I want to say they were the ones that started that catch 22 delivery, which is like local places that you can get delivery from and the restaurants get like all the money instead of, uh, some of the other services like charge them fees as well. Wow. Hey, Cobb, uh, catching up on the podcast after the holidays and heard you talking about uh, that you have experience with the online dating platforms. I was hoping you could share some insights if you're willing. I'm 31, recently divorced with two kids, got together with my ex in high school, and I'm trying to really get into the online dating thing for the first time. Looking for any advice you could share with me on making a profile. LARP on. Hell yeah, Mike. I'm the guy for this question. I've been on almost all the platforms. Honestly, really enjoyed them. I like dating. Um, I'm dating someone now exclusively, but honestly, I think dating's pretty fun. Here's what I would say, Mike. It depends on how how hard you want to go in the paint. There's levels to this game, like everything. Um, step one, I would probably use Bumble and Hinge. Uh, those are the best in Seattle right now. Step two, I would try to game the algorithm by only swiping yes on people you really like. If it serves you too many people you're not into, turn off the app. Uh, that'll reset things and it'll end up giving you a better score overall because they want you coming back to the app. So they're going to serve you you know, more attractive people, attractive being whatever you find attractive. Step three, I would say if you, if you want to spend 200 bucks, get some professional, professionally lit photos. Uh, that can change the game. You know, two or three really good photos. Most people don't have professional photos. Um, I happen to have like one random one from something I did, I think, but it makes a huge, huge difference night and day. Don't post pictures of you holding fish. Women hate that. Every guy does it. Don't post pictures of you uh, with, don't post more than one picture of you with an X and have something in your bio that gives them something to talk about. That's about it. Cobb, how... What is your recommendation on using a photo that's not your ex, but could like this person has already said you can use this photo and tell people you're my ex or I'm your ex. Definitely use it. I think, uh, you know, there, there's been quite a few studies and women rate men much higher if they're with another woman in a photo. It shows like that they're basically pre-approved, you know, that pre-selected that some other woman has deemed that this person is safe or available or sexy or whatever. So yeah, I'd highly recommend that. The other thing is don't waste too much time on the talk back and forth in these apps. I personally, I send, you know, three messages and then I usually ask like, Hey, do you want to go hang out in person? You know, 
guys, I think just spend too much time. And honestly, the women, like the chat part is pretty annoying. It takes a lot of time and it annoys the women too. So just get right down to business. Do you want to meet up? Cool. You know, let's hang out. Don't be creepy. That's all I got for you. Uh, What's up boys? What's going on to the greatest podcast in all the land, all the land. land. So what's my take on back to basics? Easy. It shares a name with one of my favorite Alice in Chains songs. No excuses. I don't make an excuse for why you can't do something. If you can think of a reason why you can, then it's just as easy to think of a reason why. So big news from my front, as you read this, uh, I've officially closed on my new house, not just a house, my childhood home, two acres in gram, two plus acres in gram that I learned how to be a boy, how to drive a tractor and weld. I got a question for you guys. What's 2020 got you into mines from both ends of the spectrum, Legos and metalcore music Shit gets me pumped. Matt, I'd love some recommendations on bands. Take care, gents. Jaden. Um, man, I on the metalcore thing, I don't really know what all the different cores are. Um, you know, I like what I like. I like Hatebreed. I like Body Count. I like Lamb of God. Uh, the new Bring Me the Horizon record is pretty dope. Uh, it's really all over the place. And... Uh, yeah, I know Bring Me the Horizon used to be one of the cores, and now some of the core people think they're sellouts because their stuff's kind of poppy, but I really like it. Um, <laughs> it's still got heavy parts. Relax. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so 2020 got me hyped on. Oh, man. I would say I got more into Wim Hof than ever before that was that was the biggest thing moving back jumping in the lake every day was just like uh yeah really really got on point with my breathing exercises and my cold exposure and felt like because at the beginning it's like i didn't know what the hell covid was and i just knew that practicing the wim hof method is good for your respiratory system and your immune system and both those seemed like things to you know, that I could get some real life insurance on with a little bit of time every day that also made me feel good, take some time for myself. I feel great afterwards. And, you know, yeah, all the, all the indications are as good for your respiratory and your immune systems while there's this like respiratory infection going all over the place. So, uh, yeah, I would say Wim Hof is the biggest, biggest thing that I was super hyped on all year. I mean, I think mine's pretty obvious. It was Formula One. (laughs) I had never watched it before this year and just got obsessed with it. I didn't even realize Uh, 2020 was so long. I didn't realize you never watched F1 before that. I was like, yeah, Ted's an F1 guy who likes all these weird sports on the other side of the country (laughs) of the planet. That's legit. Um, I got into, uh, it's called the no code movement, but it's basically, um, a way to build like web apps um, that are, you know, it, it doesn't use um, code. It's kind of like drag and drop interfaces. I think it's going to be a big wave in the future, but we're pretty early still. So um, if you want to check it out, uh, bubble.io is a good place to start. Very cool. You can build some pretty powerful stuff. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. How I get back to basics. I just want to be good at being a human. So my resolutions this year, were totally basic. Last year, I resolved to start flossing daily. I'm proud to say I incorporated a nightly routine and accomplished this goal. 
I went to the dentist twice last year, and on the last visit, the crew were so impressed with the upkeep, the dentist said she didn't even need to see me. Whoa. What? All right. Uh, this year, I've resolved to attend to the things I usually set aside, like chores, working out, and drinking water. I use my phone's calendar and reminders now, and I gifted myself a fitness watch that's been helping me hit daily targets. I'm actively seeking out what can make me better as a human, and I notice kindness to myself and others done consistently over time is what's basic for me. Much love, Michelle. Nice. Yeah. I- Michelle, weirdly, that's what I was going to say is uh, that last year I was uh, more kind to myself. Totally agree. I'm with you. Oh, sorry. I couldn't tell you guys were waiting for me. Uh, being <laughs> a work from home dad, <laughs> I can only see either the emails or your faces. That's right. Uh, cop topic. Back to basics. Being a work from home dad of a seven month old, back to basics is all about home life. We haven't been able to have family or friends over to help with care or chores. So we've fallen behind in a lot of areas. I can't clean, fix everything today, but every night when I go to bed, the house is better off than the night before. Incremental progress, August. Solid. I respect it. Dude, me too, man. Honestly, consistency just beats the flash in the pan. Uh, Hey, guys. To the cop topic about getting back to basics, I've got two. First, I get up on time during the week. I got in a funk last year and wasn't keeping a consistent schedule because my work didn't care when I worked, just that I did the work. The problem was if I got up late, I never felt good because I felt like I'd failed and that stuck with me all day, drastically affecting my productivity. Since the new year, I've gotten up on time and seen my productivity skyrocket. Second, I got back to consistent workouts. Matt and I got uh, uh, Matt and I got on a cadence last year, but it fell off during the holidays. Now it's back, and I'm seeing results already. Cheers to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the oh. land. Clay the Gimp. P.S. I heard somewhere that you should look at your to-do list in terms of emotions you want to feel. For example, do I want to clean the chinchilla cage? Hell no. Do I want to feel the accomplishment of having it done? Hell yes. So I just do the damn thing. It's worked for me, so I figured I'd share. Yeah, that's a good call. For some reason, gotcha. Uh, yeah, last year, I mean, I started waking up more consistently earlier last year during the week, but I don't know. I can't I can't say that was done intentionally. Part of that, I think, was just stress and getting older. <laughs> Ted, don't, don't take this comment the wrong way, but I'm actually surprised you've made it to this point in your life without owning a chinchilla coat. <laughs> it was a rough year for chinchillas. <laughs> Are you thinking of minx? Or minx, yeah. I do have a fresh yeah, gold one. T- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, being consistent with like time and stuff. I will say... It is funny to me. I don't know how you guys are, but during the week, sometimes I got to be like, all right, we got to get up. We got to get this done before work and this and that. And then on the weekend, sometimes on like a Sunday, I don't have nothing to do. You just pop up at eight and just like, what? Like the one day I could sleep in, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We always want what we can't have, Ted. <laughs> I hear you on that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> the truth. No one just hits for everybody. Like, God. Did they get the fajitas? I should have got the fajitas. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's take another quick break here, and then we'll come back and uh, wrap it up with what's Matt and the cop topic. All right, there you go. Thanks to our sponsors, and yeah. 
right, let's check in now with what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? Uh, before we get to what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? Check out what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? Uh, before we get to what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? Check out what's maddening. Oh, man. Have fun at Harvard. <laughs> right? I'm just like, like, I don't know what that commercial was, but happy about it. Uh, um, that's really funny. Uh, yeah, so just, uh, I don't know, it's been a hectic week. Um, I launched the website for that course for nutrition made fun literally course.nutritionmadefun.com so simple i was so excited when the subdomain got figured out i had to deal with back end like dns's and c names and all this stuff that i'm like this is a one man operation and like companies have entire teams dedicated to the to you know all these different things that i'm trying to get in order behind here um and you know got the payment set up through paypal there and everything's like yeah it's so i'm just really excited about that but it's very hectic um getting to this point and yeah i'm excited now uh and then on top of all that i mean i just spent two plus months in the desert and then had to like pack up my whole life came back up here and uh so yeah between like getting ready to m- basically move back was what it felt like it was more than just like packing and then also trying to launch a course for the first time and get all that figured out it was just a wild week running around feeling like i'm putting out fires and you know yeah just trying to have fun with the day and all the things that i had to do (laughs) well yeah i mean that is different than just coming back i mean two and a half months is a long time yeah yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, got my COVID test today. I, I just out of a precaution, you know. I mean, I did go down there, but we quarantined really well. Um, you know, I consider golf courses quarantine zones because they're outdoors and people are chill with keeping their distance. Like most of the time you have a thing that could really hurt somebody in your hand anyways. So it's like, uh, yeah, stay, stay a little bit back there. Um, but yeah, so... Check out course.nutritionmadefun.com if you want to sign up. We launch on February 1st. Code BLASTOFF will get you uh, $250 off. And then uh, that'll be, you know, that's just for this one group that launches on the first fly. You know, we see how it goes, get some feedback, and, yeah, figure this thing out. But I'm just really excited to have the, the groundwork laid and be able to, yeah, do this launch group starting on the first. How long does it I- take? Eight weeks. One module a week. They unlock every Monday. I I, got, I had to. Huh? I was like, I saw the boss last week too, man. Oh yeah, how's he doing? He's good. He's good. Yeah, I thought he's gonna be a little more fired up, and he's like, all right, all right. It's, it's been a couple months. Like, you know, we're back in here. I was like, good. So, just kind of the same thing. Like, just going through. I mean, they're just kind of doing easy ones now. Just breaking sweats, pretty low uh, weights, and low reps, just kind of getting back into the form of actually lifting real weights and not, not just destroying our muscles. 
Yeah. And you, you have respect for that process too. And you're also just a client that he's going to be excited to see because you show up, you work hard, you know, you have that, that good attitude and, you know, really committed to it, but it's also, uh, you're just a fun guy to be around. So like being a coach and being like, dude, if like somebody that I think about the way he probably thinks about you was like, Hey man, I'm back. I'd just be so fired up. And like, yeah, of course, dude is, holidays relax we're back good to go <laughs> in the lab i will say this i have uh i have int- reintroduced the heavy bag back into my cardio days because i watched Ooh. too much cobra kai i'm like i gotta start punching stuff again dude those things are intense right like five minutes ten minutes it's, that's a lot <laughs> yeah. you smoked it's crazy i love things like that swimming's the same way things where it's like dude i could spend 45 minutes on a treadmill and be like all right you know um but like put me in a pool for 10 minutes or on a heavy bag like i will be toast if i make it to 10 minutes without stopping dude yeah, yeah. i swam like 100 yards today and it honestly smoked me it was open water but still <laughs> and you're a collegiate swimmer yeah, we used to do like 5,000 yards a day. Like, <laughs> I ain't what I used to be, boys. I'm wow. Sorry. I let the whole team down out there. <laughs> well, speaking of which, it is about that time. Boop, doop, doop, boop, boop. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. Thank you for that setup. Speaking of letting everybody down, here's the cop topic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks, bro. Um, so <laughs> the cop topic this week is, um, I don't know, just kind of a weird one, man. I, I like, I just, I've been camping on this for a minute. Um, so here's my question for you, boys. You die. And the first thing you see in the afterlife are three buttons. Next level, spectate and restart. Which one do you press and why? Feel free to email us, email at thepodcast.com. Literally the word email at the with two E's podcast.com. You die. And the first thing you see in the afterlife are three buttons, next level spectate and restart. Which one do you press and why? Oh man. I mean, I have so many other questions, but I don't think that's how this works. Right. (laughs) That ain't the game, baby. What are you pressing? You're just in that room by yourself. I mean, I gotta go next level. Just because, like, next level guy. Yeah, well, because like restart, I feel like it's a restart, so I'm gonna end up like not doing the same thing, but it's gonna be some section of something I've already done. Thus, we're restarting it. I love to people watch, but I don't want to spectate just for all of eternity. So it's like we gotta go next level. Like, I don't know, am I an angel? Am I haunting people? I, I don't know. Maybe next level is a restart, and I just don't know, but. I feel like if, if I'm there and I'm in that room, like that's, I mean, for me, it's gotta be next level. Mateus. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely on next level. I don't really even know how to say like why, but when you said that I was, I just got very curious and was like, yeah, what is that? Um, And yeah, the other ones like, it would certainly be intriguing to, to, yeah, just see what that spectator mode is like. And like, am I just getting to like 
not like I was going to say peeping Tom on people's lives, like around, not necessarily in a creepy way, but that word just popped in my head. So it's going to sound weird, but like, do I get to choose who and when and where, or like, you know, that could be kind of interesting for sure. But yeah, I'd have to go next level. It was just like, yeah, I wonder what's next. I've been wondering that for way too long. And then it's like, well, here's your chance to, uh, you know, here's your chance to find out. You got to sacrifice the opportunity to restart and relive and improve all that or whatever. And, you know, whatever the spectator mode is, that is also intriguing. But like, yeah, I wonder what the next level is. Cop? I think, man, you know, for some reason, I I thought Ted was going to be a restart guy. And I thought his rationale was going to be, I would know everything I know now, but I'm like back in high school, like, oh, hell yeah. Like just, you know, another shot at beach week, but, but I don't, I don't know that. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I feel like, I mean, look, spectate, like Matt said, is pretty intriguing for a lot of reasons. You know, people are idiosyncratic and pretty hilarious. So it would be fun to just like watch people live their lives. I think ultimately, man, we're all next level guys. I got to hit psh, button number one. I'm going next level. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, I mean, right. I probably talk about my high school, the math Catholic, more than most people you know, but I don't have a huge desire to be 16 again. Yeah, dude, I, I hear that. Like, that, I don't want to go through that awkward phase again. We need rebels. Go Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, also just like, trust me, there is plenty of things I would have done different in my life. But on the same token, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like, do I really want to go back and redo everything? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I so I'm just like, yeah, we got to go next level. And I love people watching. I mean, you guys know me. I mean, especially Cobb at Burning Man. I mean, I could sit out in front of the camp for hours on end just watching people cruise by and chit-chatting. But I'm just like, man, we're in that room. This is it. We got to go next level. Also, I clearly will be having a dream about this either tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that butterfly effect is too complex to deal with. I'm with you. Uh, all right. Well, Matt, it's good to have you back in the Northwest. I hope you brought some hoodies with you and maybe a real jacket. Thank you. Yep. Got lots of them. <laughs> uh, Mr. Cobb, I'm sure personally I'll talk to you, but for everybody on the podcast, happy birthday, dude. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, about to be 34. Wild. Oof, man. 34. I don't know how he's going to get through it, Matt. Yeah. Get I don't there. know, man. The first month and a half is pretty, pretty wild. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Older every day, boys. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll see everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, drop us an email. And uh, yeah, tell your friends. They should be the podcast listeners. All right, there you go. For MCTP, for Cobb and Lee Ted Smith, this is the podcast. Cheers.